0: So, hi everybody. Welcome to In the Dark. I'm not quite as in the dark tonight as I usually am. I have a few lights on <laughs> just so you can see me so you're not blind. Uh, it's been a little bit longer than I expected. Um, bear with me here. I, I have a seasonal business and starting to open it up for the season. And it's been very, 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 very busy. And I have family that has been... For some reason whenever it gets warm like all the kids in my family want to be you know it's it's like it just everybody just gets active you know so it's gonna be um might be some days in between me doing episodes but I'm gonna I'm really gonna try to do once a week I really am at some point here I just it's been kind of like once every 10 days maybe a little longer this this time but I'm I'm getting there I'm I'm trying to sort this out so just bear with me let me get um, get started for the season. I uh, my body is just <laughs> my legs are so out of shape I uh, I started working and boy, I really gotta start walking or something because I feel so just dis- just dis- wow, I can't even explain that one but definitely have to stop being so lazy in the winter. I um, got some got some stories tonight to read to you from listeners that sent in some things. I'll, I'll read three of them. And I, uh, I got, I have an interview coming up this, I've got several interviews, actually. Um, one of them is going to be with my family member and there might actually be a couple more family members too. And I also have a, another, uh, man I ran into that had some stories about, um, he said he had, I think two or three about, um, aliens. And then this other guy messaged me and he is actually, a horror story writer. He writes, I think, books and also for a newspaper. So I'm actually interviewing him tomorrow. So that'll be pretty cool. I'm kind of glad because I have off this week a lot because of the weather because it's kind of, it's going to be kind of cold so I won't be out as much. And and of course family will be here more because it's Easter. <laughs> so I hope everybody has a great Easter too. It's going to be awesome. So it should be, it should be pretty cool stuff. Um, Yeah, the guy, the horror story, writer had I guess he had an encounter with a demon so I'm pretty you know which doesn't surprise me if you're writing horror stories even kind of like what I do like you just you know you you almost kind of wonder if you open up doors but with me I'm doing this more because I feel like this is what God wants me to do I feel that um there you know that the lack of knowledge and the lack of What people know that's being hidden from them by our government is basically making, turning people into victims because they're, you know, just living life and walking out the door and taking walks and going hunting and going camping and fishing and, you know, walking around forests and woods and everything. And they have no idea what is really out there and what's around them. And I feel that this is extremely important to inform people. I was just listening to another episode tonight of David Polites. He's got, there was three more missing people he brought up. I mean, he's just got, I don't know how many cases of missing people that, you know, the the evidence and the way they're killed and the way they're found. Some of them are never found. It's very supernatural stuff. It's even, this is coming from a man that was a private investigator and police officer his whole life. And was approached, you know, just randomly approached by men of the National Forest Association and brought him into this. So he went into this blind, not knowing or believing in anything that was supernatural. And ever since he's done these investigations, he is a firm believer now in, you know, alien abductions and Bigfoot and dogmen. And, you know, he spent time with the Indians to review their legends, and I mean, this just goes on and on and on. So this stuff gets crazy. It gets really crazy. The giants that are being seen over in Afghanistan, um, even from, um, I think it's Alaska and Canada borders, they're coming down. They're like 30-foot-tall giants holding clubs, you know, that have tusks coming out of their mouth, and people are seeing these things that have never been believers. They've never seen anything like this. These are credible people. And they're coming out saying, hey, this stuff's real. We've seen it. You can believe me or you don't have to, but I'm here to let you know it's real. So it's just, um, it's just, I think it's extremely important that we get the word out and we spread this word to as many people as we can, even if they say you're nuts, at least spread it because it's still going to plant those seeds and it's going to let people think about it and maybe even be a little more cautious when they're out in the woods or wherever they go because there's always that what if, you know, what if the stories that I heard have any truth to them and people do think about this stuff, you know, or at least you warn them, you know? So I think that's really important. We've been having, um, my mate of 24 years now has been having sightings out back again. Um, I know in some of the other episodes, I talked about some of the, um, stuff that goes on around my house. I live in, in a very, um, it's an interesting area. It's kind of like it's in town, but it's remote at the same time. And we're kind of up on this hill and it's, it's even hard to get down in the winter time. And, um, it's like, it's kind of foresty because Pennsylvania is very foresty. In fact, there's been a lot of sightings in Pennsylvania, and he's been going. He goes out back. We have this garage that's probably, oh gosh, maybe I'm terrible with with um, dimensions and measurements and stuff. But let's just say it's a hundred feet away from the house, and it's it's a good distance from the house, and it's out back where the it's kind of foresty, very private. And he keeps seeing these orbs and he was just seeing like one or two and then he saw He kept hearing, he's continuing to hear something on the roof that is like lifting off and it's heavy. And you understand the garage is two floors. Like, so to hear something on the, on the roof is saying something because we have a whole other second floor on the garage. Um, but he keeps, he keeps, you know, hearing stuff up there and feeling vibration And um, he said the other night he went out back and there weren't one or two orbs. There were multiples. He said there must have been five of them. And they were, they weren't, there wasn't really a color to them. They were just like, almost like translucent, he said, like where you couldn't even really tell a color. They were just these round orbs that were like the size of like a basketball. And he said they just, he just got out of there. He was like, I didn't. I don't stick around when I see them, you know. Um, it's been very well documented and noted that Bigfoot and dogmen both, they, that a lot of people will see orbs floating through the forest before they see a sighting or after they see a sighting. So <laughs> this sounds like it's its like a, a mode of transport for them, like it's some kind of an interdimensional way that they travel. And I truly believe at this point that we very well could have some unknown uh, Bigfoot or dogman activity out, out back where I live and we just don't know it so I really do want to get those cameras up outside because I think that it would be fascinating to um, you know see if we could catch anything although I know a lot of the times they don't let people record stuff like you can't really get good recordings if anything at all or they take it or you know but then there are times when people do get there's been some really good evidence coming out with a lot of people getting some really good clear pictures and you know footprints and stuff like that I've never seen any prints or anything but boy you definitely you just get a feeling sometimes when you're out there it's a very interesting place we live in it's it's just you just have to feel it. Like you can just feel this whole vibe around where we live. Like you can just feel something's off. It's very frightening because I have to drive in at night. I, I run like a snack bus and I pull in out back right around where, where Matt sees these orbs. This is where I pull in at night and it's, I don't get done working until nighttime till after dark because that's when, you know, I'm just out running around till like eight and nine o'clock at night. And so when I pull in, it's really pitch black out there. And you just get this really crazy feeling that something's really off. And so what I started to do was now I started to pull my car around out back. I usually park my car up by the house and I've started to pull around out back. We have two ways of getting to our back. We've got the front way and the back way. And I've been going around and pulling it out there so when i get home on the bus at night i can just jump out of the bus get done close up and i still got to kind of grab extension cords and things like that so it's still scary although i have started to take like things off the bus that i need to remove at night um like when i pull over to get gas and stuff like that so that kind of saves me some time and some some fear um, but I pull the, the car out back there and I just jump right into that and then I pull up to the house. So it's it, it's 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 a lot nicer. And I usually carry weapons and flashlights and stuff like that, but it's really freaky, you guys. It's it's I can't explain it. It almost makes you wanna move just because, you know, you just feel like it's just an area where like the neighbors aren't around there's nobody back there. Like it's really freaky and scary and dark. So, and we even have lights on out there and it still just can't you can't light it up good enough, you know, you just can't. So, but that's what we've been dealing with orbs out there and um I haven't seen them yet, but Matt has and Matt is definitely not somebody that would make stories up. He 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 always doubts stories when he hears them and he kind of like chuckles and you know, he, he just, he tries not to believe in anything that he can't prove. So for him to say this, I know it's true because he would not make this up. He just wouldn't. So, so definitely something going on out there. And it's so weird because we've got caves up there too. Like we have, um, right up, we have got, it's, it's crazy because we've got, we live up on like this hill that's kind of mountainous a little bit. Right below us is a stream of water with lots of trees and then right above this stream of water we have caves so and then we have a cemetery right up the road and we live on this road that used to be where copperheads and stuff would come because they would they would you know they were trying to you know free slaves and stuff so the whole dynamic of this area is pretty crazy and it's in Pennsylvania so that that in itself is just saying something (laughs) it's crazy stuff um I do want to read you a few stories. I'm, I'm kind of excited about these interviews coming up too. But there's uh, a guy too I wanted to mention that Matt works with. He did work with him. He doesn't work with him anymore. He was an older man. And he's going to try to get a hold of him again. He doesn't know if he can. Um, but he said, I don't know where this guy lives. It's, it's kind of like, I, I'm going to guess up Route 14, like around, you know, it's a very heavily wooded area up there. And there, he said he thought it was Mount McKinney or Mount McKinley, but anyway, this guy he worked with, was was an older gentleman. And I guess if you go to his house, he's got like all these booby traps and stuff around his house. And I guess his son, his sons would make fun of him because he like literally, he turned his whole, he lives in like this cabin in the woods and he's turned his whole house into like this booby trap because he, he has seen Bigfoot. He's seen many of them many times up on this mountain. And he said, and the other thing was that you can hear like, it's like there's machinery going on inside the earth. And that kind of reminds you of the reptilians and stuff. But he said that like, he actually would put his ear down to the earth, down to the the ground. And he said that you can hear, it sounds like machinery. is like inside the earth going off, going off. And he thinks it's associated with like the Bigfoot and the sightings he's had. So he's, he lives in fear. He didn't want to give up his property, obviously, but he lives in a lot of fear. So he he booby trapped his house in case a Bigfoot were to come up to the house or anything. Um, It kind of reminds me of a story that I heard about this man. He was a father and he was out in the, um, out in the, the cornfield. I think it was like in Nebraska or something, And his family was calling him in for dinner and he, um, they were standing on the porch waiting for him. It was his son and his wife and I think maybe his daughter. And, um, I guess he was walking through the cornfield and they saw him, they were waving to him. And all of a sudden he just disappeared. I guess the earth literally opened up right underneath his feet and he disappeared into the earth. And then it just like, whatever did this was like, put the earth back or a section of it like I don't know what technology they have what they use or how they do the stuff they do if it looks like fake dirt if it's like a platform that opens up and on top of it's like a layer of dirt to make it look like it's it's earth or whatever but wherever he was walking he disappeared into the ground his family ran out to him they were trying to find him they were panicking trying to dig around the areas trying to pinpoint the area they could hear him under the ground being carried off as he was screaming and his voice just got, you know, more far away more far away. And they just, they could never understand what happened to him. They reported in. And of course, you know, they were told they were crazy. So like we all are told we're crazy when this stuff happens because they don't want to, you know, come out with the truth for anybody. So that was an interesting story, but it reminded me kind of of stuff like that, that, that goes on. So I am going to attempt to um, read you this one story, hopefully without killing off my camera. Um, I have to try to do this without doing that. So there's a couple of stories I wanted to read you tonight. Um, One is, it's a story of mine. It's something that happened when I was younger. And I'm going to kind of give you the precursor to uh, what happened, why, you know, kind of goes into what happened to me. So hang on a second. I am going to, I found this on the internet today. I was looking up, hang on a second, I got to go over here. I was looking it up for you so I could um, give you the details of it. The title of it is Remembering the Mentorsville High School Victims of TWA Flight 800 in 1996. Um, 23 years ago, the borough of Mentorsville in Lycoming County suffered an unimaginable loss At 8.02 p.m. on July 17, 1996, Trans World Airlines Flight 800 left from JFK International Airport bound for Paris. At 8.31 p.m., the Boeing 747-100 exploded over East Morikais, New York, 12 miles off the coast of Long Island. All 230 people on board died including six, 16 students and five chaperones from the Mentorsville Area High School French Club headed to Paris. Hang on, I got this candle in the way here. What followed was unbelievable grief and anguish. Family members left the following morning by bus to New York. The community gathered at the school to mourn. News media flooded the area. And so it just goes in to give you a bunch of um, names of all the kids. I don't want to you know, give you the whole list. There was a lot of them. And what happened, what transpired, what ended up happening or what they found was, I think it was like a mail carrier or something. They had, somebody had put like a sack of what they thought was mail in the front of the plane and it actually, um, exploded. They believe it was a bomb that killed these people. So this was really, I remember when this was going on, I was living, I was actually living in Mentorsville at the time. And I remember the night that I was laying there and it was about one or two o'clock in the morning. It was late and everybody in the house was sleeping. We only had one pet. We had a cat and we had, um, my boyfriend, our daughter, the two boys and I were, we were all in basically tucked in for the night. I was the only one that was awake and I was laying there on the floor because the kids decided they wanted to sleep on the floor. And we lived in this, this house that I always felt something was in this house too. Like every place I go, I can feel spirits or demons or whatever. Like it's because I'm an empath and I'm a psychic. So because of that, I can detect everything. And it drives me crazy because I can never relax. I can never, you know, just be normal or have a normal life because I can always feel everything around me. And it's just unbelievable. So in this house, I could feel something in the back where the where the kids' bedroom was, and I just didn't want them sleeping alone back there because I'm really protective with the kids. So I um, I made them all sleep out in the living room with me, and we were all we all ended up on the floor like in sleeping bags and stuff this night. So what happened was I was laying there and I was the only one awake, and I was watching the news about this plane crash, and I just was in disbelief. I had known one of the teachers. I don't know if she was a teacher or chaperone. I actually believe she was a chaperone, but she might've been a teacher. I knew her personally and she died in the, in the crash. And I was laying there just in disbelief. I couldn't believe this happened. And I was so sad. And I remember I had a ponytail in my hair. And as I was watching the news, something jerked on my hair really hard with two quick jerks. And you got to understand two o'clock in the morning, Not one person is awake, not even the pet. This is while I'm listening to the news about people that were killed in Mentorsville. And I'm living in Mentorsville. I turned around really quick thinking that, you know, that my boyfriend had gotten up and that he was, you know, wanted me for something or was just being playful and walked by. The kids were laying in front of me. Nobody was in back of me. I turned around and nobody was there. And I was like, I thought maybe I was imagining it. You know, you try to convince yourself that there's no way that I just felt that and that it was something, you know, otherworldly. You just, you're just in disbelief. So I turned around and I I just kind of brushed it off. And I started watching the news again. And it happened again. My hair got yanked. I'm talking hard. This wasn't like. You know, where you kind of catch your hair on a shirt or something like that. It wasn't like that. Something literally took my ponytail like up towards, I would say, halfway up my ponytail. My hair is very long and they yanked on it twice. It wasn't once. It was twice and it was a yank. So I turned around really quick. Nobody there. I immediately got up, checked the kids, everybody sleeping, went into our my boyfriend and our bedroom He's sound asleep snoring, and the cat is sound asleep between his legs. And I just, you know, I I don't even have the words to describe what this felt like. It was, it was really just unnerving. And the fact that I was in the location I was just, I just couldn't get over it. And I couldn't understand who it could be. But you have to understand, like, when you do have psychic abilities, you know, people... Spirits are drawn to you. So these were spirits that, these are people that ended up in spirit from the same town I'm in. Possibly one of them might've lived around where I was living and I knew the one woman. So there might've been a chance they were just trying to, you know, reach me. I don't know. It was just really, it was crazy. So I wanted to share that story with you. And it just, I don't know. I, I just, I don't, I can't get over it. It reminds me of the story. There was a, um, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys remember when, nine um, eleven. I know you remember when nine eleven happened. I didn't mean it like that, but when I think it was the um, the field that they ended up in in Pennsylvania. There it was. It, I think these were the people that stopped the flight. They stopped the one flight. They took over the flight, and they risked their lives and gave their lives to to get these hijackers to take them down and you know and just. They knew they were going to die. So the plane crashed in the field in Pennsylvania. And this one, F, this this group of FBI people were sent CIA agents. And the one, the one of the agents was a woman. And she said, when they got to the field, she said the entire field was littered with angels. She could see these angels in warrior garb. She said they were dressed like centurion soldiers and they were massive. She said they were huge. And they were all over this field, like standing guard. And she said that she knew instinctively the one that stood out in front was the Archangel Michael. And she said that she didn't want to tell her captain right away. But they got back to the, the station and he knew something was up and he got it out of her. And he just he was just in disbelief. I mean, he he believed her. But he said he just he couldn't get over it, and neither could she. She said she just she couldn't believe it. It was like a total revelation of God that day when she got to this field, and she saw all these angels with her own eyes, and they flickered, they flickered in and out for a moment, but she said they were everywhere, and they were literally garbed up like they were going to battle. They had like breastplates knee knee plates helmets on like spears like swords things like that it was just it was an amazing story but it's a, it's a really cool story I'll have to try to find the link sometime and tell you what it is because it's a really it's really worth watching this it's a really a neat story so I am going to try to do this thing I'm doing with the stories <laughs> it's kind of scary okay so Allie sent me a story I'm not going to give her her last name I'm just going to go by her first name. She sent me an email. She said, hey, let me look here. She said she has a story I might be interested in. She says, I grew up in a very Christian household across the street from a church and have always thought, at least on some level, that my childhood home was haunted by something. Join the club there, Allie. I know what that feels like. It wasn't constant. Sorry, my mouth's kind of dry. It wasn't constant, but I frequently felt a heavy, angry energy in the hallway where the bedrooms and the guest bathroom were. In the room I slept in most of my life, I would fall asleep listening to music on my iPod Nano. One night, I was putting it down on the floor, dangling it by the headphones. It was spinning around, and the backlight was circling on the walls like a spotlight. three rotations I saw the shadow of a man on my wall he disappeared after the third rotation but I was scared she says shitless and I hate to swear I ran out to my living room and watched tv with all the lights on until I fell asleep sometime around sunrise can't blame her with that one either I used to do this too when my older brother moved out I moved into his old room I was less scared of his room than mine by a landslide. My dad helped me set up my sound system pretty much as soon as I switched rooms, and I absolutely loved it. My parents went out to volunteer and or go to Bible studies most nights, so when I had the house to myself, I'd blast my music as loud as I could. It's so strange when you hear stories about people that are Christians, and you think that that just automatically protects you, but it doesn't always unless you know how to fight these battles the right way. one Friday night, my parents had just left for a Bible study. they were supposed to lead the second I heard the garage door shut, I put on music and cracked and cranked it all the way up a few songs in. I heard three very loud, very aggressive knocks at the top of my bedroom door. I checked to see who was knocking, but nobody was there. I called my parents to see if they'd come back, if they'd come back, or if they'd even left in the first place, and they confirmed they'd left a while ago. I looked around and saw that the house was completely empty, so I called my friend and wound up spending the night at her place. Fast forward a few years, and and in that same room, I had a really strange dream one night. It was from a first-person point of view and took place in my parents' basement. I saw an old woman's hand, gnarled with arthritis, slowly reaching toward my face. She wore red beaded bracelets and had red painted nails. I never saw the rest of her, just her hand and forearm. The feeling of something trying to get my attention woke me up, like when you can feel someone staring at you. I opened my eyes and saw an extremely tall shadow figure standing over my head, slowly reaching towards my face exactly the same way as the woman from my dream. I yelled and jolted back away from the figure and it just evaporated into thin air. Everyone I've told about that has called it sleep paralysis, but I think it was different since I could yell and move. Definitely different. I think so too. About two years ago... A friend of mine and I were taking pictures of a spooky looking church in the middle of the night around 2 a.m. I was kneeling down taking pictures of some roses in front of the church entrance when my friend very gently and very quietly put her hand on my shoulder and told me to look up across the street directly under a street light was an unnaturally tall black silhouette of a man with grotesquely long fingers. He just stood there motionless. We speed walked back to my friend's car and when we turned the corner out of the church parking lot, he was gone. The entire car car ride home and several hours after we were freaking out at the fact that we should have been able to see features on him, that he was so completely still that his hands were so enormous that he was taller than anyone either of us had ever seen. Neither one of us have seen anything like it since. But he reminded me of the figure I woke up to seeing standing over my bed. Anyway, thank you for reading my stories. I hope they're useful for your podcast. And believe me, I couldn't make this shit up if I tried. Ha ha. A friend of mine grew up in a household where his dad practiced satanic rituals. So he's got some truly wild stories to tell if you wanted me to give them to you. Definitely would like that. Um, this is funny to me because a lot of times, like a lot of people will identify some of these silhouettes and figures as this really tall black man, you know, that like, that's kind of what it reminded her of. But then in her dream, she's seeing this woman with gnarly hands. It's an old woman. So in fact, it could actually be this old woman, but in spirit form, when you see like the shadow or the spirit form of her where you can't really make out what she really looks like, her features or anything, it actually takes shape of like a male, you know, so it, it's interesting, but we have to remember that I believe, this is just my beliefs, that this stuff is demonic, that they're demons, and so even though it looks like an old woman, you know, I believe that it's it's still a demon, and it's presenting itself however it wants to, you know, so it's interesting. But I, um, I enjoyed that story. I'm definitely going to message her back and see if I can get her to tell me the other stories. Now I had a girl today that messaged me, believe it or not, her name is actually Lilith. And that really freaked me out at first. No offense, Lilith, if you're listening to this, because, you know, supposedly the first female that was created was not Eve and it was actually Lilith who did not like God's laws and rules. And she actually liked, the, liked Satan and his crew and the Watchers fell away from God and, become, and became evil and supposedly is like the first succubus or whatever, but she's supposed to be a demon. And uh, so when I saw this name today, I thought, I wonder if this is really a girl named Lilith or if this is like, you know, you don't know who's contacting you. So it was kind of crazy to me, but it ended up to be a girl and I was very happy about that. So just sending a shout out to Lilith and a hello and, and hopefully I didn't offend you by saying, telling the story. So the story I had in mind was something strange that happened about 10 years ago in a cemetery. I'm not really sure what I saw, but I thought it might be interesting. My guess is that it was a spirit or something of that nature. There might've been two that I saw. There was some weird stuff going on that night. This was when I was about 19 and I was with four other people. The place we were at was pretty out of the way and abandoned. It's this moonlit night about 1 a.m. and exploring this old place seemed like a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, we all think that. We were standing on one of the cement pathways that cut through part of the cemetery, which was fairly large. We're standing there discussing what to do, where we want to go, that sort of thing, standing in a circle. Um, After about five minutes, I noticed what I at first thought was a person behind one of my friends. It stood up as though it it had been behind a low wall, and at first I thought that's what had happened. It stood up, stared at us, then crouched down a little, walked along the path behind my friend, and as it got closer to where where we were, it got to where some of the moonlight was starting to catch it this was near some trees so it was difficult to see much until it got into the light when it did it startled me a bit because it looked decayed and somewhat skeletal oh some of the stuff's freaky isn't it this stuff is crazy give me a second here i have to i have to get this up here i started fumbling with my flashlight and the thing turns and walks back the way it came ducking out of sight I shined the light toward it and didn't see either it or a low wall, just open area where it didn't make sense for it to have vanished. My friend next to me looked at me and he says, you saw that too? At this point, I'm pretty freaked out because now I'm pretty certain it wasn't human, whatever it was, especially because... Of this disappearing act. There was nowhere for anyone to run and hide, especially not in the span of the roughly four seconds it took for me to get my light on it. The rest of us stood there. I told them what I saw. We stupidly decided to remain in the cemetery to look around. This was about 2009, so smartphones weren't as common and we didn't have a way to take video or anything. We ended up splitting up and I went. With two people, two others went a different way. About 20 minutes later, I hear one of the others in the second group shout on the other side of the cemetery. Then he and the guy he's with come running back to the rest of us, claiming that the same thing I saw minutes before was following them around by an old burial vault. They claimed it was keeping its distance and disappeared behind the vault at one point, but obviously I didn't see that, so I've only got their word for it. That was enough for us, and we decided to leave. (laughs) On the way back to the car, I spotted this humanoid figure lurking behind some headstones, some of those ones with statues on them, the tall, fancy-looking ones, that, that sort of thing. I didn't stop to try and get a good look at this this time, since now I just wanted to get out of there ASAP. It seemed like the same thing I'd seen, and this time it looked like. It was creeping toward us as we made for the car. I didn't see anything beyond that. We just hopped in the car and got out of there as quick as we could. Probably not the most exciting thing, but it happened. I think any story is is exciting, really, guys. I don't don't judge the stories, really. I just read them because, you know, it, it could touch anybody. I mean, people go through very similar experiences, and it's very important. Okay, give me one second. I'm going to take just a little drink here. Give me a second here. Not much left in there. Okay. I have this other story too. An apparently haunted object. Now this is a good one because I had this happen to me. An apparently haunted object. I guess I'll throw this one in here too. Well, oh, this is the good one. This was something that went on for about a year. Pretty much what happened is a friend of mine... His sister, she found this bronze skull at some shop somewhere. One of those weird decorative ones or something. I'm not really sure what it was. The sister didn't really talk about where it came from, just that it had belonged to someone else at one point. My friend had it for a while. We didn't pay it too much attention. That sort of thing. At some point, we started noticing some weird things going on at his house, things that hadn't happened before. First, it's minor, like weird noises and stuff. Things you just dismiss because they aren't that unusual. What we couldn't ignore, though, was the occasional disembodied voices. He started thinking the house was haunted, but to his relief, he was set to move in with a roommate to another location. So he just kind of stuck it out. But the activity continued at the new place, and then we started to suspect the skull was at fault since it was what showed up at the time this all started. The newest addition, that sort of thing... One night I'm at his house alone, no TV or anything, and just out of nowhere I hear what sounds like a guy hacking up a lung out in the living room. I'm sitting in a chair and in his room at the time reading a book, and it made me think for a moment that someone had broken in. I took out a pocket knife and went to look, fully expecting to find someone, there, but there wasn't anyone there." This was a tiny little duplex, one bedroom. The kitchen and living room were basically one room. There was no way someone could have hid from me. The floors were hardwood. They creaked pretty much anywhere you stepped. I didn't hear anything like that except from me. My friend comes back an hour later and I hear that he and his roommate had been seeing weird stuff. Apparently one night they had happened to glimpse a human-shaped shadow moving in the hallway. After a while, he got sick of whatever was going on and asked me to take the skull just to see if the activity would stop. It did. For him, anyway. I'd barely had the thing at my house for two weeks, and I didn't tell my roommate what was going on since I thought I wouldn't have it long. It stayed at my place for a few months, though. One night, my roommate is gone for the evening, and I'm sitting in the kitchen and start hearing the drawers and my bathroom opening and closing, it's something you get used to because you hear the person you live with using the drawers all the time. But it was just me that night. And honestly, I about had a heart attack. Honestly, I had, I about had a heart attack. I tried for weeks to get something on camera, but nothing happened when the cameras were running. That's typical. Sometime later, I was home with my roommate. They were asleep. It's about 2 a.m and I heard what sounded like someone moving things around in my room. I noticed a few books and binders out of place, but that was it. Oh, this stuff gets crazy. I checked in on my roommate. They were still sound asleep. Weeks later, I come home at about midnight, roommates away again. I turn on a lamp in the pitch-black living room, and as soon as I take three steps away from it, the lamp shuts off. It's one of the click. Uh, Wait a minute. It's one of those switches you turn to adjust the amount of light. I'd put it at max, so three clicks, and when I walked away, I heard the switch click and went running out of the house since I heard footsteps near me. took me about a minute of standing on the porch to calm down enough to go back in. I turned the light back on, and when I did, I noticed movement in my room and saw a shadow figure moving further inside the door Needless to say, that was the last night I kept that skull around. I called someone to come get it the next day since my friend did not want it back. Surprise, surprise. So I told the story to another friend. He took it, and to this day he has it, and I guess he's just fine with the weird stuff that happens. His Marine brother saw the same shadow figure walking around one night, And apparently was uncharacteristically scared when he told my friend what he'd seen or so I was told there's a ton of little details to that story. Like that, the skull was passed around to five to like five different people, all of them claiming to see similar things. Okay. And she, she writes me another email and she's told me that there's more to the story and there's also other stories. So I'm definitely going to be in contact with her about, you know, the rest of these stories I guess it was passed around to five different people in total, and each one of these five people have a story about it or stories about it. so I'm gonna to try to find out what all their stories are, and then i'll I'll let you know and um she has other stories too so um what this this kind of brought back something with me. I had a dresser i um, I had found this antique dresser, sorry about the noise in the background. I have a son that's upstairs playing video games, and he is just absolutely having a really good time right now. So if you hear him yelling, that's what's going on. Um, the antique dresser I had in the house, I always had this really weird feeling about this dresser. Nothing happened with the dresser, but I always had this really, you know, with my my abilities and stuff, when I looked at the dresser, I felt there was like, I felt that at some point I was going to see somebody in the dresser, like in the mirror. It was like one of those vanities. that was like the, the two two like little mirrors on the side and then the really long dresser in the middle. And then like a little bench goes with it. And there's like a couple drawers on either side, like three drawers. And it was something like that. And I I just knew that like, if I had kept it, that I, I was going to see a person like, like an, an older um, antique person from a different, you know, time or something in this mirror. And I just, I always got kind of creeped out by it. So I understand what she means by this. And I think it's so crazy and so strange that we can feel what the object is that's causing it. Like just for them to even, you know, put two and two together like that is really, it's amazing to me. So I thought that was pretty cool. And the other thing too, is I have a clock that is, um, I want to reach over here for a second. I have a clock that, um, is like this with me. I, this clock I have, um, this is really weird, but I I might've told you guys this before, but it's this beautiful, it's a regulator clock and this thing is gorgeous. I'll have to put a picture of it up of it sometime and I couldn't part with it. It was just beautiful. But every time I want, I would wind this clock, it sat for years. It didn't, I didn't ever wind it because it was broken in the way that like it would stop like a minute before the hour and it would never like really it doesn't like, you know, it would chime like a minute before the hour. So it needed adjusting or something. So I wouldn't wind it for years. And then one year I started to wind this clock. And when I did, every time I wound it, somebody died that I knew, somebody that I really loved that I was really dear to me. And, and it happened three times. And I thought, my God, and I just, I started making this weird, like association between this clock and And these deaths, like I I just felt like I wasn't supposed to wind this clock. And it had something to do with the fact that the time was off on it. And I don't know where the clock came from. I bought it in an antique shop. And it just, it's beautiful, but I will not wind this clock. You know, I thought about burying it. we even, we talked about destroying it, burying it, burning it. Like we didn't, we didn't know what to do because we didn't want to give it to somebody and then, then have them wind it and then have it affect us too, you know, or even them, like we didn't want, you know, to affect their family, but even for it to carry over to still be affecting ours or our friends and stuff. So I, I just, we just, I just have it on my wall, my living room and there it stays. So I just, I don't do anything with it, but it's pretty, you know, interesting and crazy stuff. So I understand exactly what she means about these objects. Kind of reminds you, there was this little, um, uh, show on TV called, what was it called? Not Stranger Things. It was, um, it was about, it was a little shop, Unordinary Things, something like that. It was a really good show I used to watch and it was this shop, antique shop filled with like... You know like that Annabelle doll and and it wasn't that doll I don't think per se but it was like just stuff like that but I know that like that's in a museum and stuff like that but it it was a shop that had all these objects that were haunted they're basically haunted objects or objects that could be the most ordinary thing it could be just a pen and somehow or another these demons or spirits attached to these items and these were supposed to be some true stories so it, it just you know they can attach to anything so be careful what you bring home I even heard there was a story about a person that had a piano that this happened with. There's a lot of stories about that stuff. So be careful what you buy and what you bring home, even like tribal masks and, you know, got even music and movies and stuff, things can have spirits attached to them that can really hurt you and affect your life and your family and your home and stuff. So be careful, you guys. So that's all for tonight. I've overdone my time. I like to stick to 35 minutes, but I've gone to 45, which is awesome. You know, I'm glad that you guys got a little extra I owe it to you because I've been kind of, you know, slacking a bit with trying to get on here when I should. So I will see you guys soon. Talk to you soon and um, hope everybody has a wonderful evening. And hopefully I will be back within the week, within a week. You know, I'm going to try for Fridays again. Um, Just pray for me that I'm strong and make it through my work weeks and, you know, I can have extra energy and time so... I can do my podcast. I don't want to I don't want to slack with this. This is really important to me. So you guys take care. God bless you all and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.